Hello and welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. It's the 48th Wednesday of 2023 with only four more to go in to the home stretch. I said it the other day, Christmas Eve will be here before you know it. Today is National Square Dance Day, a very popular but yet simple form of dance that we can all do. Dates all the way back to the 17th century in England. Square dancing came to North America with the Europeans many, many years later. It became so popular in America that it's actually the official state dance of not only Texas, Tennessee, and some other places you may expect, but it's the state dance of 19 states in all. In the headlines, the country today will watch as former First Lady Rosalind Carter is laid to rest in her hometown of Plains, Georgia. Rosalind Carter, of course, the wife of 99-year-old former President Jimmy Carter. She died on November 19th at 96 years of age. President Biden and the First Lady who attended a ceremony for Rosalind Carter in Georgia yesterday before going to a campaign event in Denver last night are still in Colorado today. And wasn't it great to see former First Lady and potentially future First Lady Melania Trump at the ceremony yesterday? Meanwhile, today in Colorado, the president is visiting a wind tower manufacturing company and speaking about Bidenomics, even though no one is buying it. And get this. This is straight from the White House calendar. Biden is expected to talk about how MAGA Republicans are threatening clean energy jobs. Mr. Unity. Meanwhile, overnight, international mediators made more progress on extending the truce in Gaza, encouraging Hamas to keep releasing hostages in return for Palestinian prisoners from Israel, also holding off Israel's assault for another day as they extend the truce, or most likely are going to extend the truce. This is all happening as we speak. So far, 61 hostages have been released. There's word that 10 more could be released today. CIA head Bill Burns is there. He met with Israel and Qatar officials to discuss extending the ceasefire even longer. Meanwhile, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is about to make his third visit to Israel since the conflict began. We'll discuss with Israel how it can achieve its objective of ensuring that the terrorist attacks of October 7th never happen again while sustaining an increasing humanitarian assistance and minimizing further suffering and casualties among Palestinian civilians. So, what about American hostages? What about the attacks on U.S. forces in the region? Florida governor, Republican presidential candidate, and Navy vet Ron DeSantis on Newsmax last night. Governor, good to have you. So do you think now there have been 70 plus attacks on U.S. installations in the Middle East by Iranian or Houthis or or Iranian supported, let's call it that. Would you as, as president attack, preemptively attack Iran? Well, I don't know about that, but I think what happens is if you have troops in harm's way and somebody takes a pot shot at them, uh, you've got to respond with sufficient force so that you're deterring that from happening in the future. And I think what Biden's doing is he's basically going through the motions. He's inviting more attacks on our troops. Uh, a lot of these troops, I'm not even sure what their what their core mission is. So you have to act in ways that are going to deter rather than invite attacks against your troops. Biden's failing our troops and he's failing the country. Say ways. Uh Sanctions don't seem to work with these people. So ways, what would President DeSantis' ways of response be? 
Well, certainly, I think that you can actually do, Biden won't even do the sanctions. I mean, he could turn the screws that will stop some of this oil money from going there. That'll make it harder for them to fund operations and terrorism. So he should definitely do that. Uh, but my policy be very simple. Uh, if you harm the hair on the head of an American service member, we are going to respond and you're going to have hell to pay. So I've, I've put this out there and people yell at me for doing it, but why not level the Iranian oil fields? You don't kill any people or very few people and, and you limit their ability just to fund terrorism. So I would, um, you know, I would look at all options. Uh, I'm mindful about uh, overextending uh, the U.S. I clearly wouldn't want to uh, invite um, another lengthy conflict in the Middle East. At the same time, uh, we have to stand up for our troops. And you look and you look at different targets and you look at the pluses and minuses. And can you accomplish the mission? What are the risks? And then you either pull the trigger or you don't. But clearly, what Biden is doing is he's empowered the Iranians. They don't worry about Biden at all. They think he's a patsy. So they're going to keep doing this until somebody puts their foot down. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Newsmax with Eric Bowling. Don't worry, I'll get to the news concerning Hunter Biden in a moment. But whatever happened to the comment from last week with Governor DeSantis? Governor, let's play the soundbite from uh, last week when we, we did a town hall in Iowa. And you said, hey, Trump, let's do a debate. Let's take a listen. So remind the folks. We need to have debates. Uh, whether the RNC should be the ones that are controlling that, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily the right way. That's how it's gone. Uh, maybe as we get forward, maybe there'll be more freewheeling debates. I mean, I'd love to do a debate on Newsmax. We get the former president and me. Let's just have at it for an hour. I think I, we would oh, do it on your. Hold on, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a note <laughs> in my ear right now. Your books. <laughs> yeah. we get we'll, do it, we'll do it on your show. We'll, we'll make that. it happen. Well, I have an, uh, a, a, a good advice that's probably not going to happen because. Former President Trump doesn't want to do debates. Your thoughts on that in, in, in the upcoming debate? Um, have, have the debates, the GOP debates, lost the, the oomph that they used to provide? Well, look, I mean, I think to the extent that the RNC is running this, they should give Newsmax a debate. I mean, you know, you guys have covered a lot of important issues for Republicans. A lot of Republicans are watching your show, Eric. And I think that regardless of whether Donald Trump would participate, Newsmax should be given a debate. So you have my support on doing that. I think it's important. Uh, look, I think obviously I think Donald Trump should, should, should debate. I mean, we're in a situation where the country is at a crossroads here. We've got to put our best foot forward. We need people to be able to kick the tires on all the candidates and make sure that they're able to do what we need to do. I mean, we know, look, the Democrats are laying low right now. Uh, they, you know, as soon as if Trump were to be the nominee, they are going to unload a can of everything the corporate media is going to start doing. We know all that. So he needs to be able to explain how he's going to be able to navigate that uh, to be able to be successful. Uh, I can be successful because I can show you my track record in Florida of getting the job done. But I'm all for the debates. I want to come on Newsmax. Let's get Donald Trump or not, you guys should be doing a debate for the Republicans. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on the balance with Eric Bowling, and as Eric said, that debate with Trump is not ever going to happen. The question that you should be asking Ronna Romney McDaniel, chair of the Republican National Committee, why isn't Newsmax hosting a Republican primary debate? So we told you a week or two weeks ago that Hunter Biden was willing to testify before the House Oversight Committee, but 
His attorney only wants him to testify in public. That according to a letter that he wrote to Republican lawmakers on Tuesday. Here's Congressman James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee on Newsmax, breaking it down. Will he testify or will he take the fifth? Well, I'm glad he's willing to testify publicly. Uh, these congressional investigations, uh, they always conclude with, uh, with some type of public hearing. But as you know, uh, throughout the, the course of congressional history investigations, you bring people in and you depose them first. Uh, that's what the subpoena was for a sit-down deposition. That's exactly the way uh, the Trump impeachments were handled. That's exactly the way the Democrats handled the January 6th committee. Uh, we're going. We expect Hunter Biden to come in on December 13th and answer questions. Remember, we have tens of thousands of pages of documents that we've uh, accumulated over the past eight months. We've we've uh, studied them. We've been very transparent with the American people about uh, wrongdoings that we found. Uh, now we expect to have a very thorough, substantive deposition with Hunter Biden. Then we'll have. The public hearing, just like uh, every other congressional so, so, his, uh, so investigation in history. D- d- will we get both? In other words, I think the public wants to see Hunter testify. Right. In other words, you do, you do a yeah. behind closed right. doors deposition, I assume, and then hopefully he follows up with right. uh, public guests. Absolutely. That, that'll both happen, you think? Yeah. Well, that's what that's what his attorney said, that the Hunter was looking forward to publicly testifying, and that's great. Uh, but, you, you know, as these congressional investigation, these hearings go, uh, you've got uh, 20 members on each side that have five minutes each. We have tens of thousands of pages of documents where we need to sit down and ask specific substantive questions without filibustering, without interruptions, without going five minutes back and forth with with Jamie Raskins and Dan Goldman and and uh, little Moskowitz jumping up and down, uh, fire, uh, filing motions and trying to disrupt the committee hearings. This is very important. This is a credible investigation. This is substantive. We're doing this investigation the way it's supposed to be done. And the subpoena calls for Hunter Biden to come in for a deposition. And that's what we expect to have, a deposition where the transcripts will be released. When you have a deposition, the committee votes to release the transcripts. After the January 6th committee, the depositions were filmed. So this deposition will be filmed. This will be testifying in public, but not in a chaotic scene where the Democrats who have already demonstrated they can't uh, conduct themselves in a mature, credible manner during a hearing. So we expect the deposition. Then we'll have the public hearing that everybody wants to have. Congressman James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee. So for now, December the 13th, about two weeks from now, is the day of the Hunter Biden closed door deposition. And then we'll see about the public testimony. We get more from former Trump advisor and Newsmax host Sebastian Gorka. Somebody should tell uh, Abby Lowell that that you don't get to decide how Congress functions. Uh, If you want to do that, you can become a congressman and try and change the way laws uh, are enacted and how investigations are Mm -hmm. done. And when it comes to behind closed doors hearings being perverted, uh, yeah, we know who does that. We know it's the Democrats, uh, individuals like Adam Schiff, who would hold closed door meetings for hours and in every break would come out and leak to the press. That's how Democrats do it. So right now, we follow the practice. We do it behind closed doors for hours to find out what further needs to be asked in public. That's how it's done. And if he doesn't want to comply, 
maybe, um, you know, source for the goose. Maybe uh, Hunter Biden can be arrested at Reagan Airport and put in leg shackles like our former <laughs> White House colleague Peter Navarro was when he decided not to go to Nancy's fake January 6th committee. You know, I, I'm laughing, but I, I hope Abby Lowell's watching because that was pretty uh, well articulated there. Go through the process. Sebastian Gorka on Newsline with Bianca De La Garza. And don't forget about the Gorka reality check. That's his show Sundays, 7 p.m. Eastern on Newsmax. Quick funny story. I, I did an interview with Sebastian Gorka one, one time on the radio. This was a couple of years ago at the very beginning of the Biden presidency. And I think at the time, Anthony Blinken was in China. So I asked Gorka one introduction question. He spoke for about three or four minutes. And in radio, we generally have a very short window, most of the time, short windows for interviews. That was the entire interview, me introducing him, a question, and thanking him for being on. Then he called back and told the producer, that was a great interview. Can I get a copy of it? I still think that is hilarious. All right, so in Washington, Congress is still divided over funding for Israel. Chris Salcedo spoke about it with Florida Congresswoman Laurel Lee, a member of the House Homeland Security Committee. The Congress is back in session this week, and they're aiming to pass a foreign aid bill by January, this after the GOP secured aid to our ally Israel and paid for it with money that was allocated to the IRS so the Democrats can weaponize that agency to turn it against their political enemies. Senate Democrats killed this aid package to Israel. Let me ask you, will the House of Representatives hold firm that this will be a standalone funding bill and make Schumer and his caucus and his GOP allies continue to vote against aid for the Jewish state? Right now, is, is, there's never been a more important time for us to stand with our ally Israel. We saw the most horrific attack against civilians, women, children, the terrorist atrocities that are simply unspeakable. So there should be no question from either chamber in Congress right now that we are going to stand with Israel to help them defend their citizens, defend their country against this horrific attack. What the House proposed was a very common sense solution that not only are we going to stand ready and support our ally Israel, but we have a place where we can pay for it, that we don't need to borrow money or use other funds. Right here, we see money that's being allocated to the IRS that is not going to help everyday Americans that we can use to actually support our ally Israel. So the House position in this case uh, not only accomplishes providing that critical support, but it does it with money that shouldn't be allocated to the IRS in the first place. Florida Congresswoman Laura Lee, don't forget Republicans want to separate the money for Israel and the money for Ukraine. Here's what House Speaker Mike Johnson had to say about it. I think most of our Senate colleagues recognize that those two things need to move together because we owe that to the American people. That's what they're demanding that we do. So the negotiations continue on Capitol Hill today and at the United Nations. Meat consumption is on the table. They want us to eat less of it to protect the climate. Bloomberg is reporting that the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization, they, uh, they're doing a heck of a job, aren't they? They're now pushing some countries, but not other, to slow down what it calls their, their quote, excessive appetite. That's what they call it, for meat. 
you know, cheeseburgers. We were just talking about McDonald's instead of a nice big fat steak. That's uh, delicious. This is uh, expected expect to happen in the next month at the annual COP28 festival. It's a, it's a climate forum, COP28. Uh, and, uh, you know, environmentalists argue that the meat industry is responsible for, for global warming. I think it's a little chilly today. We could use a little warming because of methane and nitrogen emissions because cows belch and, and things like that. But research done just this year, University of California, Riverside, suggests that the impact uh, of methane is, is not clear and uh, may actually, you know, heat the planet a lot less than, uh, than they originally thought. Um, I can see, you know, you're a meat eater. You're, you're chomping in the bit over there. I can, <laughs> I can see. And here comes the United Nations, and they've got a big plan. And it's, uh, it's being pushed largely by the Chinese. And, yeah. you know, they're the number one CO2 emitter on the planet. And the, I think they're the number one uh, meat and beef importer uh, on the planet as well. So this is directly being pushed by the Chinese Communist Party. The official who runs this, Chu Dongyu, said that he wants to use this U.N. agency to, quote, promote Chinese interests. So if you can afford it, it's getting expensive, mm-hmm. get a McDonald's Happy Meal uh, and stick it to the Chinese Communists because this is totally ridiculous. That's The Right Squad with host Chris Plant, 10 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Mercedes Schlapp, Jen Pellegrino, and others are all on that show. Again, it's Chris Plant and The Right Squad, weeknights, 10 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. The U.S. Supreme Court is hearing arguments today in a challenge to the Securities and Exchange Commission's ability to fight fraud. And after slightly lower numbers on the markets for a second day yesterday, Wall Street started in the green today. Tomorrow. Tomorrow is that big inflation report that we've been talking about. And yesterday, legendary billionaire investor Charlie Munger, the vice chair of the Berkshire Hathaway Group, passed away at 99 years old. Munger was the longtime partner and friend of Warren Buffett. They spent more than 60 years together building the Berkshire Hathaway Empire. Be sure to keep up with all the news on Newsmax, available on most major cable providers, and be sure to sign up for your free trial of the new Newsmax Plus if you haven't already done so. Simply go to NewsmaxPlus.com. It includes all of your favorite Newsmax shows, Greg Kelly Reports, Frontline with Carl Higby, Rob Schmidt Tonight, The Balance with Eric Bowling, Greta Van Susteren, Chris Salcedo, and more, and great analysis from people like Carrie Lake, Mike Huckabee, Brigadier General Blaine Holt, law expert Alan Dershowitz, and others. Again, it's NewsmaxPlus.com. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Newsmax Daily. Please share it with your friends and family. I'm Tony Marino. Have a great rest of the day and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.